you know, I told my wife that I basically couldn't stop having these visions, these dreams of starting a pizzeria. And she had told me like, hey, look, babe, your dreams are my dreams. And so literally that next Monday, I filed with the Secretary of State for my LLC. Welcome everyone to the Tool Night Journey podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano, and this is episode 45 or season two, episode 11. I'm getting really close to episode 50. I'm really excited about it. And in about two episodes, uh, once I reach episode 47, I'll be giving more details of uh, what episode 50 will be about. But before we get started introducing our guest tonight, as always, I want to remind everyone if you have not yet followed the podcast on social media, I invite you to do so. You can find it at the 209 Journey on Facebook, X, or Instagram. I'm really trying to grow the Instagram page. And as of this recording, I'm actually really close to 400 followers. I'm just three followers away from getting to that point. And by the time this gets posted, I, I should have already passed that mark. And as I've said in past episodes, my goal is at the end of the year to have a thousand followers. And I really do think I can actually get to that point and actually even go beyond the thousand follower mark. Again, that's on Instagram. So at the 209 journey, check it out. I'm going to be posting more stuff on the stories, doing a few live stories on things going on around the 209 here as uh, the year goes on. So you'll definitely want to make sure you follow that page. And it also informs you whenever I post new episodes. Also, if you subscribe to the show or follow, depending on your podcast application that you're currently using, you can also find out when those episodes are published. And just for a little bit here, I'm doing a twice a week schedule and it's all done purposely right now. And soon enough, I'll be mentioning why I did that. But trust me, there's a reason why. <laughs> and I might actually continue to do episodes twice a week, but Again, it really depends on how my scheduling goes and if I have enough episodes to do twice a week here. All right. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Marcus Medina. He is the founder of Jalapai Pizza Company, a pizza business located in Tracy, California. So he is my first guest that I'll have that is from Tracy and the second pizza business company that I am actually featuring here on the podcast. The first one that I featured was back in episode 24 of season one. You can go back and listen to that one. I interviewed Ryan Mondragon, who has a mobile pizza catering business. So great episode as well. And my guest tonight actually started off his business as a mobile pizza catering business as well. So they do have that in common, but he now also has a actual location. So welcome to the 209 Journey, Marcus. How's it going? Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It's going pretty good. I, you know not getting rained on right now the weather's just came out the Niners are in the Super Bowl so business is good I can't complain oh yeah no it's a great day it's sunny out there I mean yeah per perfect Monday right and that's <laughs> it takes a lot for money to be perfect <laughs> mm -hmm. well I want to go ahead and get started with one of my favorite questions to ask which is the question that just again highlights people's growth in a specific city and I mentioned it earlier that you're the first guest that I have that is from Tracy from that area. So just tell me more about what it was like. First of all, I know you moved to Manteca briefly and then you went back to Tracy. So what was it like growing up in Manteca and Tracy? And I mean, just how have you seen it change? Because I know that that's really changed over the years. 
Yeah. First of all, Luis, thanks for having me on, man. I, I appreciate you reaching out and having me on the 209 podcast. I really appreciate just living in the Valley because I feel like I that's kind of where I grew up. I was born in Tracy in 1987, Tracy Hospital. Actually, the house that I'm living in right now is the house that when I was born, I came to this house. I'm raising my daughter here. My brother started his family in the same house. So it's it's been in the family for a while. You're right. I did move around. My parents divorced when I was about five or six years old. They separated and I jumped around. I moved to Arkansas. I moved to Missouri. I moved to Oregon. And by the time I was about 11, 12 years old, I moved back to Manteca and I spent most of my the rest of school there. I graduated from Manteca High. My first job was at the Manteca Water Slides, you know, so, you know, I kind of lived that life of a, a valley a valley kid for a long time, you know, with the first job there, going to the Manteca water slides, graduating from Manteca High. And then I just kind of stayed here, didn't really leave after I graduated from Manteca High in 2005. I moved to Tracy and it's it's been my home ever since. And it's been a very enjoyable place to live and start a business. Manteca water slides. I haven't heard that name in, in a while, but I, I was fortunate to go there once, which I'm, I'm glad because then, you know, we know that shut down and the new water slides place try to replace it and i i don't know if it's quite the same right because you have to like uh, go to the resort and it's not the same as just you being able to just go and uh, get into the resort nothing's the same anymore i feel like you know like growing up in the 80s and 90s and 2000s you know things have changed quite a bit yeah so they i guess they got to come up with a hook song or something like that because i don't know if you remember the man yeah. water slide song was always playing back in the day oh yeah i'll never forget all those uh tv ads i think <laughs> also on the radio maybe but yeah that that commercial they would play on tv all the time yeah that that's what that's what probably got everyone wanting to go right <laughs> exactly that's <laughs> i think the great wolf lodge is missing out they need to create a catchy tune or something well if someone from their team listening then <laughs> I gotta jump on that. I mean, not necessarily copy my water slides, but <laughs> yeah. just uh, have that going on. Although every time I pass by there, it seems like they got a pretty full parking lot. So maybe, maybe they're doing good. <laughs> maybe people are actually staying it's there. indoors, so you, it's you can't go wrong being indoors. You know, it's like if it's too hot outside, you're you're still covered. You know, if it's rainy, you're still covered. So I think they, you know, you see people there all the time, and you're like, it's a it's a Monday in the middle of the winter, and the water slides is still going on, but they got something going on good over there. Manteca's really starting to grow. You know, even though I live in Tracy, I still have a lot of relatives that live in Manteca, and it's just, you know, it's it's not, I don't consider Manteca my home anymore. Tracy's definitely my home, but I would say that Manteca is my second for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Being uh, between two there and they're a little similar. I mean, they have they have a lot, lot going on. Well, I want to talk more about your business and how that got started. Tell me more about the beginnings of the business and just how the idea to start a pizza business came about as well. Yeah, like a lot of people here in the Valley, I was commuting to the Bay Area for work. When I was 19 years old, I started working in the Bay Area in the Carpenters Union. I did that for about 11 years. So by the time I hit 30 years old, I kind of needed a change. I was, you know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning to leave Tracy by four to get to the job site by six. And, 
you know, the job site, you know, we didn't start till seven. So I'd sleep in my car for an hour, you know, and then I'd work a full eight hour shift and then I'd spend another three on the road. And by the time I got 30, I said to myself, if I'm going to do something else, I need to do something that I love, something I'm passionate about. And I had just kind of made the choice to, to start cooking pizza. When I was younger, I always knew I liked cooking for people. I knew that that's what made me happy. I started out with, you know, at a real early age, making milkshakes for people, like getting really excited to see them happy. When I got to be in high school, I used to really love to make salsa. As I got older, as an adult, I was always the guy with the tongs at the tailgates. And, you know, I was cooking and barbecuing for everybody. And so when I hit 30, I really had to reflect and decide what made me happy. And, and it was all of those combination of moments in my life that made me realize that my cooking, my, I had a passion for cooking and I didn't know what I wanted to cook. I really loved barbecue, but I didn't really have the patience for barbecue. Barbecue, you know, you're like 14, 15 hours long on a brisket, feeding the fire. I'm like, I don't have patience to do that. Pizza. You know, at the time I started out with a wood fired oven and, you know, you're talking about a two minute bake. So I literally I could make the pizza and cook the pizza in about 10 minutes and I could see your face, how happy it is. I didn't have to wait 14 hours. So and I just knew that pizza was like the perfect vessel to just kind of break barriers with people that were, you know, from different ethnicities. Everybody loves pizza. So I wasn't singling anybody out. And so I purchased a wood-fired oven, put it in my backyard. I started making pizza for friends and family and then decided like, hey, this is something that I enjoy doing. Let's go all in. And so, you know, I told my wife that I basically couldn't stop having these visions, these dreams of starting a pizzeria. And she had told me like, hey, look, babe, your dreams are my dreams. And so literally that next Monday, I filed with the Secretary of State for my LLC, not really knowing what I was getting myself into, but I did it because I knew that I felt like that was a thing that really needed me to kind of drive me into becoming legit. So we filed for our LLC, I think in September 2017. And then pretty much by April 2018, I was running a, a mobile pizzeria. Wow, that's a really inspirational story there. And yeah, I think once you file that, you're like, there's no way going back, right? You're like, all right, <laughs> keep going, right? That's the the first thing. So I'm glad that you know you got to it right away. And and that's that's where you're at. You're at right now, thanks to those moments there. But I want to know a little bit more about how you came about with the name. Because when I first came across your business, I thought it was really cool because we know here. In the Valley, I mean, in California in general, right? The word hella is like probably the most used word, right? Probably something that should be in the dictionary in our opinions here. <laughs> but <laughs> how did that name come about? Yeah, so when I started doing pizza, I really felt like here in the Valley, the 209, there was really just a bunch of like chain pizzerias. And so I, I wanted to do something different. And being from... California and moving around the country, I already kind of felt a little bit different just from the way that I talked. And, you know, the I would basically, you know, I told you that I moved to Arkansas, Missouri and Oregon, but I'd spend the summers here 
with my dad and I'd go back to like Oregon or Missouri and then I'd have this slang and hello was like the, the word that we kind of latched onto as kids, you know, it was like, I could say hecka. Okay. Now I could say hella. So those two things you take with you and they're like, wherever you go, you kind of actually, if you're saying that word, people could kind of like pinpoint where you're from. And so what I decided is, okay, I already know that I'm a local cooking for locals. We know this word, we know hella, but we don't know pie. And they call like, I wanted to start the pizza culture. So like in the East coast, they call, you know, a pizza pie or they just call it a pie. So I was like, all right, the perfect way to blend a Northern California pizza culture would be to name it Hella Pie Pizza Company. And that's that's kind of how, how it started. Oh, that's really interesting. And I'm glad to use that word. Like I said, I I don't think I've seen any other pizzeria have that word. So you, you might just be the first one. <laughs> in, in the uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I actually, I'm trying to go through the trademark patent and you know, get that all taken care of so that I could just, you know, be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I could see yeah. a lot of merchandise uh, like centered around that. And ooh, you would sell a lot, a lot of merchandise with, <laughs> with the word hella and pizza in it too. Now, I know you started the business as mobile business and now you actually have an establishment. So how was the transition between being mobile to actually having your full establishment? Yeah, when I when I started mobile, so I, when I first started doing the pizza thing, I was still doing construction in the carpenters union. And on the weekends, I would do like farmers markets, you know, but I ended up finding out that I was so passionate and so obsessed with the side business. And somebody actually said, you know, like, hey, you know, that's a cool hobby. And once they told me that it was a cool hobby, I was like, you know, I had like at that point, I had like $40,000 or more invested into this business. I was like, nobody's going to take me seriously if I'm just doing it on the weekend. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going all in. So within three months of me doing both, I quit my job, you know, my carpenter's union job. And then was like, babe, you know, if I'm going to, you know, go all in or if, you know, I'm not a risk taker, but if I'm going to take a risk, it's going to be on myself. So I started doing the the mobile thing, doing breweries, wineries, private parties, all that stuff. And it, it was a legitimate business. You know, I was, you know, doing good. I was selling out every event that we did. We'd have some crazy lines. You know, people would be waiting at eight o'clock in the morning to get pizza. It was it was really insane. We had a huge following from the community and it just kept growing and growing and growing. But you know, I, it, the mobile business, it's tough. It's a grind, you know, it was, it's hot. And so basically I had it in my mind the whole time that like, I like this, I like making pizza. I have the trailer, but I want to get in the brick and mortar location. So in o October, no, actually in 2020, when COVID hit, I think it was around March in 2020, the farmer's market was shut down. They shut down the farmer's market. They shut down all of the events that I was doing. And so that left me in a situation that I didn't want to be in. You know, I couldn't do any events. So then I just kind of started doing cooking out of my house, like illegally, you know, having people come and pick up pizzas, doing what I had to do. But at the same time, I had built this brand already. So people didn't really feel like they were 
buying pizza from somebody's house. They they were they thought they were buying it for me, which was it just got us through. But I knew that there was going to be some opportunities that came up and there was a bakery that opened up in downtown Tracy where I actually started the farmers markets and the same street that we did the farmers markets. So that building opened up and I called the number on the front of the bakery and it was the owner's son. And I had kind of been putting, I'd been going to the bakery and being like, Hey, you know, when are you guys going to retire? Kind of planting the seed, asking them, you know, because I kept missing out on opportunities on getting other places. So I knew that I needed to change my strategy. I needed to be a little bit more aggressive and get ahead of other people. So I would see places that I felt like weren't being used to their full potential and then just, you know, give them a business card or be like, Hey, if you're ever interested in selling. So I had been asking the baker there like, Hey, you know, when are you going to retire? If you ever sell this place, let me know. He would say, let me talk to, let me talk to my son. Let me talk to my son. Well, I never got to talk to his son until I called that number on the, on the front of the bakery. And he, he answered the phone and he was like, you know, Hey, yeah, I'm their son. I was like, Hey, that's a funny thing because they keep telling me that I need to talk to you. And I've been told him the story. I've been going to the shop wanting to take over it. And he said, actually, my parents are in Mexico right now. They've been working their whole lives. They're finally happy. We were trying to talk them into retiring. So you actually might've called us at a good time. And so, you know, we kind of went back and forth for a little while, but we agreed on a price and I bought all of their equipment. A lot of the equipment translated into pizza making equipment. So I got kind of like the best of both worlds. I got a place that was already existing food, established food facility. And then I got a bunch of equipment that I could use for my pizza as well. Well, that was really convenient. And they say things happen for a reason, right? Like that was perfect timing. And I'm glad that, you know, you were able to get a really good deal on it too. Cause I'm sure the equipment is always one of the more difficult things, right? When you have a new space or a lot of businesses, it's making sure the equipment fits and Having the whole space, so that, that was yeah. perfect. I know one of the company mottos is "Peace, love pizza." So, tell us more about what what that's about and how that came about. Yeah, so um, like I said, we kind of started in around 2017. That was kind of when the we started, and you know that was just coming after I, I think you know a pretty divisive election, and I think on social media we kind of all got a little taste of everybody's feelings and sides on what what their stance was as far as like the I think I think it was the Trump Hillary Clinton election you know that time frame and so when I decided that I wanted to do this I just wanted it to be about three things and and it's it's peace period love period pizza period so there's no no there's nothing else. There's no politics. There's no, you know, religion. There's anything, nothing like that. It's just those three things that I wanted our business to kind of like encompass and and not have to be anything else. So instead of, you know, worrying about what's going on in the world, I tried to narrow it down to just three things so that, you know, I could find happiness and give happiness. Yeah, well, that's really nicely put. And I'm glad that, you know, you guys had that as a motto and 
I wish that all the businesses would follow a similar model, right? Like <laughs> not taking sides, just asking for everyone to, you know, unite over their passion in this case for pizza. And and so that, that's how it should be, I think, in whatever aspect of business we're talking about, right? It's just focus on on the business and not on anything else happening externally. Well, I read that two years ago, you were in the cover of Pizza Today magazine, or your name was in the cover as a rising star. So tell us more about how you got chosen as a rising star and what that's about. Yeah, I, the the rising star, I don't know how I actually got onto Pizza Today's radar, but I feel like super blessed because... Yeah, I think that was like the first year that they really started doing that. And, you know, for me personally, like I love getting those awards. I've, you know, I've I've also gotten the, I'm also a a winner of the Real California Pizza Contest, CalMex category. You know, I've, I've won best of Tracy four years in a row. You know, we've gotten a lot of recognition, but the biggest thing to me is that I get to put our community on the map and and really show and and be an example for what our community is you know starting during covid you heard a lot of bad bad news you know but i saw a completely different side of of things so you know i i got a lot of support from the community and you know just being able to get nominated for a a national magazine like that and get that recognition to me is a blessing because I get to share that with my community and, and they're the really the ones that got me to to be there. Well, that's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're right in 2020 really showed that a lot of people rallied around the local businesses and you know wanted to support them in any way they could, right? Make sure that we kept them around. So that that was really admirable and seeing all the different places. And you know, when I ask people that question, I mean, I've been hearing that over and over again. And I know that's something that was fundamental into, you know, people being able to still operate their business today, right? Is all that support that they were getting around that year and 2021 as well. So, well, I know you guys pride yourselves in sourcing some of your ingredients locally. And I think that's really awesome considering that, you know, we basically have a lot of sourcing (laughs) around here. There's a lot of fields that have plenty of ingredients for pizza. So, just tell me more about how you go about sourcing locally. Yeah, the one of the hardest things that people don't understand or know is that, you know, when you're a small business, it's really hard to get your hands on quality things sometimes or quality ingredients. And so a lot of the times you have to just like really just be aggressive and go out there and, you know, push to get things. So like, and then some things are just ready, readily available. Like we use Stanislaus tomatoes. We use Corto olive oil, you know, a Swiss American cupping pepperoni that, that's made, I think, in Lathrop, you know, so getting those ingredients really means something because it's it it touches close to home. Like I love when I have workers from Stanislaus that are, you know, Stanislaus food products that you know, are working the canning facilities and they come in, they see our cans and they say, oh, my mom works there. My grandma worked there. You know, it's really, it really does feel like you're, it's an impactful decision to make, you know, when you have, when you're supporting other people's jobs that are living so close to home. We do our best to, to source ingredients like 
this week I went to the farmer's market and got some mushrooms and I'm trying different mushrooms so that when I do competitions that, you know, that I could also highlight what we're doing here and, you know, collab with other growers and stuff like that. Wow. That's a really interesting story to hear that people, you know, see the ingredient, have a tie to the the facility that produces those ingredients and it's almost like, you know, they're supporting you and they're also supporting the relative who's working there, right? Because if they get you more business, you're getting them business as well. So it's like, it benefits both ways, right? And that, that's such a great thing to be able to say <laughs> with anything you purchase too. So I'm glad that people are, are letting you know about that too. Well, I want to know a little bit more about your most popular pizza. Uh, just tell us more about what that is and just how that came about. Yeah, so. At our shop, we do a few different styles. I have a Detroit style pizza. I have a Sicilian style pizza. And then I have like a kind of like a New York round style pizza. It just most popular is kind of like all over the place. Pepperoni is probably the most popular pizza. I'm sure you you could guess that. What we really started doing a while ago was kind of following the trends on Instagram and throughout the country and seeing what they're doing other places. So hot honey became like super popular on pizza. So once we started adding some condiments to to our pizzas and, you know, doing it that way, it opened up like people's minds to what you could put on pizza. So like one of the most popular pizzas is soprasada, basil, hot honey. And then like the holy grail of pizzas that we do every once a once a year maybe is the taco pie which is like refried beans ground beef cheddar cheese and then we'll finish it off with you know some fresh shredded lettuce tomato sour cream and then the secret ingredient taco bell mild sauce <laughs> oh interesting <laughs> yeah it is uh, interesting it's a it's seriously it it, it is like it, it has a cult following to it for sure uh, I'm just over here thinking like, oh, that reminds me of the, the Mexican pizza, which I, they still have it, right? I know they got it let go and then it went back and I don't even know if I haven't been to Taco Bell in a while, but I'm like, is it still there? <laughs> uh, they have yeah. it, but it, it's a little, it's a little different. I would say it's more like an Indian taco kind of, if you know what that is. Oh, no. What is that? An Indian taco is like a fried piece of dough and then they put like beans and meat and cheese and lettuce and like tomatoes it, if you look it up like google it like you'll kind of get the idea of like what like the mexican pizza looks like that we do the the one taco bell has is actually one of my favorites but it's like it's a little different than than what we do oh, okay yeah i'm seeing it now yeah that looks really good <laughs> i can see why it's a it could be a favorite one too yeah well well i think it's actually really cool that you know, it might not be with something that you're able to do all the time, but that you do it yearly. So people are already kind of expecting, right? Like, oh, it's the time, right? When we can actually <laughs> get that pizza. And, you know, it's it's something different. You don't really hear about much. I mean, I, I know when I went to Mexico, I, I, I saw a Domino's pizza that had a pizza with refried beans. Here, I think I very rarely have ever seen a place that even has beans as an ingredient on pizza but i like beans i like pizza so to me i like yeah. that's perfect <laughs> it is it is really good it, and it, it's 
it, we do it around Cinco de Mayo every year. So it kind of brings that hype with it, you know, like once a year, Cinco de Mayo, everybody's wanting to eat Mexican food anyways. So it's just like, what can we do with this pizza? You know, oh, let's, you know, let's make it like this. And it, it, it's kind of a ode to my childhood growing up because there was a pizza place that I really liked that had that. And actually a lot of my pizza is, you know, we're, we don't really consider ourselves like a bougie pizza. We're more like a nostalgic pizza. When I was growing up, you know, Pizza Hut was like the, the spot, you know? And so we're, we're definitely better than Pizza Hut, but like Pizza Hut back in the day was like the bomb. So if you were a eighties kid, you know, you probably remember that. Yeah, no, it actually, it used to be better. I agree. Yeah. And I think I only went just a few times. I'm a nineties kid myself, but like, it, I think it changed so much. And, and I think it's, it's become a trend with businesses to have that nostalgic feel for people, right? Especially us 80s, 90s kids. I think we're probably the most nostalgic out of all the generations. Uh, might be a little biased there, but, but you know, it, it, it really works with us, right? We'll go out there and buy anything that's nostalgic that we don't really see as much anymore. And so I'm glad that you're able to bring back those memories that people had back then and, and people are able to, to try that again. If anyone out there, you know, wants to start a, a business in general, like what would be like some of your advice to start that? And it could be like any kind of business out there, not necessarily like a pizzeria as well. Yeah. So a couple things with that. Number one is if you're if you're passionate about something and you really do have like a dream that you can't really let go of and it constantly nags at you, like to me, like I think that that's a sign that you should start getting getting better or at least putting in a little a little bit of work every day to get there you to that point to where you can't a little bit of work to get there I think every single day will get you there until you know that vision becomes real and then all of a sudden your dreams will start getting bigger you know I knew that I didn't know or have all of the answers at first when I started my business, but I knew that if I got a little bit better every day and I worked at it, that I would be able to figure it out. And it's really that simple. And then the other thing is, is, you know, just be prepared to sacrifice a, a piece of you. And that means that there's going to be a piece of you that your family doesn't get anymore that, you know, Unfortunately, you won't have any more and it can be a very challenging place to be sometimes, you know, it's just, there's a lot of people for me that depend on me. I do have a staff now that I employ my wife and I, we, and my, my daughter, we all depend on the business and then my customers have an expectation out of me too. So that be, that could get really heavy and lonely sometimes. So just be prepared for that. And then just try to treat your mental state, you know, try to treat yourself uh, like an important person in your life, too, because a lot of the time you get the back seat and it's tough. But, you know, you just got to dig yourself out and then make it a priority to take care of yourself, too. Yeah, no, very well said. Uh, you know, mental health first above everything else. Make sure that all, all is good. So the business thrives if you're feeling yourself, right? If you're feeling at your best. So thanks for sharing that with everyone. 
Well, I got one last thing here, and that's really if you have any events to share or where people can follow the business to find out, I mean, if there's any uh, special pizzas that, that will be done or just in general to see the pizza and start to crave pizza and go order a pizza. Like every time I see it pop up, I'm always like, I got to go there sometime. <laughs> yeah, you guys definitely could check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Hello Pie Pizza Company. Um, we do have a web website, hellopiepizza.com. The best way to find us is to come to our shop. We're located at 50 West 10th Street in downtown Tracy. We're open Wednesday through Sunday, closed Mondays and Tuesdays. Most holidays were closed, like, you know, big holidays like Christmas and stuff like that. But for the most part, Wednesday through Sunday, we're open. We have three different styles of pizza that we offer pretty much all the time. Pizza by the slice. There's not a lot of slice houses here in the Central Valley. And I think we're probably one of the unique few here in the Central Valley. So it's very nice to to be able to grab a slice, a specialty slice and try it out or try a few different ones. But if you if from we have pretty much anything from vegan pizza on up to, you know, different meats on pizzas and stuff. So we have something from every for everybody. So definitely check us out at at our shop at 50 West 10th Street, Tracy, downtown Tracy. Yeah, no, you are right. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that any other place does pizza by a slice that I know of, at least around here. I think back in the day, there were a few spots that I would know, but I don't even think they're around anymore. So I'm glad that you guys still have that option because it's really convenient when you're out trying to get yourself a, a good lunch and you don't want to buy a whole pizza to yourself. <laughs> And like you said, also to try out different kinds and figure out which one's your favorite. So when you want to do a full on large pizza, you you know which one exactly you're going to go with. Yeah. And when we started this, you know, we wanted to have something different. And I, I always felt like everybody has like a few dollars in their pocket. So you're not really excluding anybody. Anybody can afford a slice of pizza, you know. So I really like that where we have like customers from all over the spectrum that come in and can enjoy a slice and and not be priced out, you know, so. Oh, yeah. No, and that's helpful for that, too. You're right. Uh, you know, give people the different options there. Awesome. Well, hey, Marcus, I won't take up any more of your time. Really appreciate your, your time here spent on the podcast sharing your story and, you know, wish you the best. And hopefully sometime, especially when I'm on the way to the Bay Area and I pass by there, I can get the chance to try out uh, one of your pizzas and share our instagram and and all that stuff and make sure i tag you guys too thank you louise i appreciate you having me on i appreciate you know being the first tracyite here on your pod and i hope that you know you can kind of make it out here one of these days and i could feed you some good pizza oh yeah hey looking forward to it because pizza is uh, on my top favorite food list (laughs) once again thank you to marcus for being on the podcast tonight Yet again, another inspirational story of a business that got started here in the 209. And if you're ever in Tracy, make sure you check them out. Get yourself a pizza by the slice. Figure out which one's your favorite or just go right into getting a large pizza. Share it with others and support our local businesses, which I keep saying it over and over again. I think every time that that I have a local business here on the podcast, but... It really is awesome to see all the support that local businesses get. And it really is up to us to make sure that we support them. 
that if we're able to, to choose them before all the national chains of whatever it might be, because we keep our small businesses, we'll keep our money locally, and there's nothing better than seeing our local economies continue to go up, and let's make sure that they don't have as much negative years. Like Marcus just mentioned, last year wasn't as great for them, but this year could be better. They've had good years. We just have to be out there. Again, I know you might be spending a few more dollars than you would at a national chain, but if you can, you should treat yourself to local businesses, to local restaurants, and really actually have good food because all these national chains can have lower prices. But when it comes to taste, when it comes to something being really great, I mean, local businesses nail it. We talked about the local ingredients, sourcing, all that. Local businesses typically really care about that. National places, maybe not as much. Some of them might try to, but it's just not the same as being able to have the local restaurant that is sourcing from there. And as Marcus mentioned, being able to have people that know those places, that have relatives or friends who work at those places where you're sourcing your product from, is just something really amazing to be able to say. and. You as a consumer, I think you feel really special knowing that you're supporting a business that's also supporting local businesses. So just locals supporting other locals. And, you know, we heard it in the last episode with Elazar with Hatch Workshop also supporting their uh, local business and all that. So I like seeing that. We've seen that plenty of times around other local businesses and other people here on the podcast. So Let's just keep on supporting those local businesses so we can continue to say that we have businesses that have been around for a really long time and hopefully always <laughs> and generations upon generations can reflect on all their memories going to all these local restaurants and other businesses that we have around the 209. Once again, if you're not following the 209 journey on social media, you can check it out at the 209 journey on Facebook, X, and Instagram. I'm really close to 400 followers again on Instagram, and I really want to get to 1,000 followers. So thank you so much to everyone who's followed the page, who leaves comments. Oh, that's really great. Really appreciate that. You can also leave a rating wherever you're listening as well. That helps me out on whatever platform you're listening currently. Some of them have the system. Some of them even let you leave reviews. I know Apple Podcasts and Spotify are two of the ones that definitely do. So if you can do that, that would be really appreciated. And also, again, if you haven't subscribed to the show, wherever you're listening, please subscribe to it. Might say subscribe, might say follow, might say something else as well, but check out your app. Make sure you activate that. That way you actually find out when new episodes get posted. This is one of the weeks that I'm doing two episodes for this week. Next week, you're also going to be seeing two episodes. And then the following week, you're also going to be seeing two episodes. And that might be going on more and more again. Depends on my recording schedule and if I have enough episodes to continue to do that, which I really hope I do. I think I will actually be set for actually having episodes posted twice a week, uh, which will be really awesome. And once I have that, I'm going to start posting episodes Mondays and Fridays. But for now, I'm trying to get into the rhythm of making sure that I have episodes for twice a week up to a month. Uh, so that way <laughs> I can catch up on that if, if need be if I don't have enough for one week. So on my upcoming episode, episode 46 or season two, episode 12, 
I'm going to be interviewing a coffee shop business owner from Stockton. So be on the lookout, subscribe to the show so you can find out when that gets posted. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to the episode tonight. And I hope you have a good morning or night whenever you might be listening to this. And you'll hear me next week here on the 209 Journey podcast.